Hi, it's Tony Kornheiser. The podcast is coming up in just a moment, but the sales weasels have got some sponsorships up front. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. You save the bones, make a soup. What is this, the 1800s? No, no. <laughs> I, I eat the chicken until I get tired of it in two days, and then I dump it. Do I? No, I don't repurpose everything. Arms for the poor. I don't do that. I can afford a new chicken. I can. Chickens don't cost anything. You go to Walmart, they're paying you to eat the chicken. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now on that subject steve from silver spring maryland i side with michael the woman to whom i'm related by marriage makes her own stock with the bones and scraps whenever we get a rotisserie chicken i'd have to chicken myself and the rest goes to good use we save veggie scraps as well and voila homemade chicken stock no it's good to know people do that we're going right to james carville carville had a great week last week after he had a triple play on louisiana tech the first week went down in flames mm. Went 0-3. He had a great week last week. He was 5-2, including winning the under on New England Philly at 45-and-a-half when they totaled 45. That's one of the great ones ever, James. You know what? Some, sometimes it ball bounces your way. It's <laughs> day. I've seen bounce my, uh, the other way too many times in my life. That was great. What do you have for us this week? All right. Central Michigan plus 34 at Notre Dame, 34 and a half. Yeah, I got 34 and a half, James. Yeah. Let's try the Chippewas here. You're going to go for the chip. 34 and a half is just so much. It's just <laughs> so a much. It's a lot. Okay. That's a lot. Okay. It, this is the first time since 2003 Alabama has traveled to play a non Power 5 team. Mm hmm. They're laying 32 and a half at South Florida. Right. Uh, roll Tide, Roll Tide. You are picking games with huge spreads. Yeah, yeah Alabama's got to want to win. There's hmm? value in some of these early season big line games. Okay, all right. All right. There's a, there's sometimes there's that. Uh, Cincinnati, who we, we, we had Cleveland last week, and they, I mean, they shut Joe Burrow down yes. like crazy, right? Yes, yes. Joe Burrow threw the ball, and I love Joe Burrow. Not as much as you right. do because you're LSU, but I love right. Joe Burrow. 
He threw 31 passes and gained only 82 yards. That's unbelievably yeah, terrible. It is. Yeah, but they didn't have any time. All right. Uh, Baltimore is going to play them in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's minus three. Take Joe Burrow. Take Burrow this week. Cincinnati minus three. Okay. All right. This is the bad team bowl. The Bears plus three at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I'll go with the Bears. I would, too. Tampa Bay was pretty lucky to win that game, I got to say, last week. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Green Bay versus minus one at, at, at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I take the Falcons. Green Bay is horrible. There's a both of them are. But, you know, if you went with a bad team, you went just as much with a good team. And Seattle... What, what do you have at minus one and a half? I've got Seattle um, getting four and a half at. Uh, four and a half. Get plus four and a half. Yeah, plus four and a half at Detroit. Yeah. Right. I I, I think Detroit's become too hot for their own good. I mean. You're gonna take Seattle. Yeah, I'm gonna take Seattle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I know they beat Kansas City and they're the lovable lines and everything else, but you know they're still Detroit. That's that's the Wilbon <laughs> position. Yes. No. Truly, that's the Wilbon <laughs> position. Oh, uh, what else? Okay. Okay. That's it. That's it. Six picks. Six, six picks. Six wow, picks. You, you're giving away. You're giving away sixty-seven <laughs> points in your first two. You know that sixty-seven points. Well, uh, yeah, actually, one of them I'm getting, and none of them give. I give it. Well, you know what I mean. These are huge right. spreads. Just, right. I, I just think you, you look back and there's value in these like week two, you know, week one, thirty-plus point spread games. I will it's, say this: four and a half is a lot. Yeah, Central Michigan is in a very good conference. No, that's a good conference they're in. They play high-quality football. I mean, you know, it's a lot of points, though. Is that the Mid-America Conference? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ben Roethlisberger came from. Oh, yeah. 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 And the AAC is not bad either. No, it's not bad. It's not bad. I don't know. Does anybody figure out what we're going to do with Washington State and Oregon State? Uh, They're going to be the Pac-2. I mean, I assume (laughs) everyone seems to think they're going to join the Mountain West. You know what? Uh, it's easy to make fun of, and I love to talk about it, but there's something very sad about the dissolution of a great conference so quickly. It is. And in so much of your younger days, I mean, it was great games. You know, obviously, Southern Cal, UCLA games. Sure. Washington games. The trombone game, the Cal-Stanford games. You and I are old enough. I wrote a book on that. It was good, too. You and I are old enough to remember the game between O.J. Simpson and Gary Beban. The yeah. UCLA, US, I, I, in USC I mean, football. Beban won the Heisman Trophy. Yes. Yes. I don't know if he deserved just, it, but he won it. Right. And UCLA basketball, you, it, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Sad. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, right, James. James Carville, boys and girls. It's always good to get James on at the beginning of the show. Sure. You know, because he's got high energy at the beginning. And <laughs> yes. He didn't even curse today. Not once. No. Remarkable. Totally remarkable. All right. uh, For those of you who are celebrating and for those of you who want to be involved in it, uh, Rosh Hashanah, New Year's starts today at at sundown. So happy New Year to everybody. I got one small story for you. It's got nothing to do with Rosh Hashanah. It's got to do with me getting a COVID shot yesterday. So I was told by a couple of friends of mine 
get the COVID shot as soon as you can get it. Get the new one as soon as you can get it. And I think to, because I'm not Ron DeSantis. Okay. I don't take that position. Although even DeSantis has said, if you're over 65, probably should get it, get the shot. Yeah. So, you know, so we were, we are aligned on that particular phase of the shot. So uh, the CDC, I think cleared it today is Friday. I think the CDC cleared it Monday or Tuesday. And, and then I called, I like to go to the, greatest pharmacists in the world (laughs) evelyn and emily and they work at the cvs in the target on wisconsin avenue this means nothing to (laughs) 95.8 percent of the people who are listening to this show but they have been so nice to me over the last couple of years evelyn starting with evelyn just so unbelievably nice so i called up so i called up on wednesday and got Evelyn on the phone, and I said, do you have the new vaccine? And she said, we got it in today. Got it in today. I said, can I come tomorrow? She said, sure. I said, can I show up at 9 o'clock? They open at 9, the pharmacy. It's in a Target. The Target's already open. Right. But the pharmacy opens at 9. Can I come over at 9? And she said, you know what I'll do? I'll get here a little bit early, so I'm ready for you. Is she not the Are greatest? Are you kidding me? I'll get here a little bit early so that I'm ready for you. That's and, fantastic. I mean, honestly, you don't expect this. No, not she's from anybody. Great. You know, she's great. Emily's great too, but Emily wasn't there. And, and Evelyn is the first contact that I had at that particular sure. place. I've gotten shots from her before. So I go over there. I get there at like five to nine yesterday because I'm going to get this shot. I've got all my paperwork with me. All I've taken more. I've taken the maximum amount of shots already. The last one I took was in April, mm-hmm. five months ago. You're not, you shouldn't get a new one if it's within two to three months, but five months was clear. And again, I've had doctors tell me um, and people in the health services tell me, just get the shot. Okay, we get the shot. So before we get the shot, I, I have talked to my friend Wayne Turnage, who is involved. He's the, like the head of DC Health. And I've talked to my doctor, Dr. Kaguchi. Both of whom have said to me, look, get the shot, but you need to make sure this is the most current vaccine. Do not take the old vaccine. It's, don't do it. Or as Dr. Kaguchi said, don't take the bivalent vaccine, to which I replied, I thought bivalent was a whale. I didn't, I didn't know it was a vaccine. I thought it was a whale. Yeah. <laughs> so I say, I say to Evelyn, is this the new one? She says, yes. I said, you sure it's the new one? She said, we threw out the old ones. We just got this. Threw them it's out. The and she said, I'll tell you what. Take a picture. She, she shows, she puts the box w- from which the vaccine comes. She puts the box right on the table. And she says, take a picture of the box and send it to whoever is giving you clearance to take the shot. And I say, as everybody who knows me knows... <laughs> I uh, yeah, I can't. What do you mean you can't? I didn't bring I, my camera. I don't know. I brought it. I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to use it. She says, you're kidding, right? I go, no. She says, okay, I'll take the picture. She takes the picture and sends it, which is great. She's the best. She is the best. And then Wayne gets back to me right away and says, that looks like the right one. You know, okay, take that one. And so she injects it. And and it it is so, here's, you know, look, I'm suspicious of everything. I am. I am a suspicious human being by nature. I think that's I think that's why I became a newspaper person, even though it's sports and I love sports, but I'm suspicious by nature. It was so quickly put into my arm, I, I just didn't think 
and taken out. I didn't think there'd be enough in there. You know what I mean? It's like, right. I'm thinking nothing happened. <laughs> they didn't put anything into me. What's going on? Yeah, just give me the full shot, Doc. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then later in the day, Dr. Kaguchi got back to me and said, yeah, that looks like the right thing. So I, I felt good about that. She said, um, usually if there are side effects, they are between 12 and 24 hours. I got it at 9 o'clock yesterday morning, so we are almost at 24 hours. My arm hurts. But that's As it. As Rodney Dangerfield would say, oh, my, my arm. <laughs> it's <broken."> right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right by the, the site of the shot on the top of my left arm. It's like somebody punched it yeah, very hard. Yeah, so arm. I mean, yeah. that hurts. I mean, I always get it in my left arm because I write with my right arm, and so I need to be able to use my right arm. But anyway, I, I got it. I'm happy. Um, I got all the paperwork. She said, you know, the paperwork's obsolete now. We have all your records. I go, yeah, just humor me. And she did, and she wrote all the stuff down. I carry it with me like an amulet, you know, all the all the things that I've gotten. So, um, yeah. Uh, she, she really is remarkable. Great. I mean, there's a lot of different reactions you could get from a pharmacist at that point, most of which would entail like... Hang up the phone. Right, I'm just hang so, up the phone. What are you, I'm nuts? So, I'm sorry, I'm not dealing with yeah, this. Yeah, go, go call CVS headquarters and make an appointment. Shut up, leave me alone. Yeah. No. Or, yeah, go on the website and sort that no, out, right. which is a no. nightmare. No, so she's great. No, it's, yeah, I'll be there early. What time are you going to be there? I'll be there. I'm, I'm just amazed so she didn't nice. bring bagels and coffee and so say, nice. here, I've got extras. So nice. She told me she had gone to the Jets game Monday night. Oh, she was in New York. Is she a Jets fan? She said her her boo is a head is a Ooh, Mets fan, a, a Jets fan. That's a tough. And night. he, you know, he went up there. He wanted to see it with her. And uh, wow, how she soon said can it's just suck the air out of the entire place? And, and I'm, I'm just went four plays and four they snaps. they won. Didn't matter. I it, didn't, it was exciting. They stayed for the end, so okay. it was exciting. But yeah, but I would have been. I would have immediately turned to him and said. Well, we got to beat traffic, so let's head back down to DC. So um, that's that's my story. We'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, Michael is not here today. Michael uh, was feeling feverish during the night. He he told me this morning, and he said he didn't want to give anything to me, especially since this is just. I just took the shot yesterday. It takes two weeks. It takes to a bit, fully, yeah, to be fully like armored yeah, up. I suppose. So yeah. Know, so we hope Michael feels better during the day. Oh yes, and. Um, what have we got today? We've got Jason Lockenfora and Pat Forty besides Carville. Yeah. And we'll be back with Jason. Yeah. But can I defend you for one second? For what? Against yourself, because I think you beat yourself up for this yesterday. What? About the fox? Yeah. On PTI, uh, they talked about a dog, a yeah. fox dog. And I said, what are you talking about? A fox is a cat. I always thought a fox was a cat because it's a feline animal. Yes. Because it is sort of silky and quick. And I, you know, I thought foxes were cats. They're not. You are not alone, though. Because you really, you're, you know, when, when they announced it on PTI, you're like, well. Felt like a dope. Right. Well, I had a bad well, day. I, I turned to my Aaron Rodgers notes and pulled out a blank piece of paper no, at one point. Very alarming I'm for getting you. old. You know, it's no. scary. But that's why I want to defend you about the fox thing. Because it's not like you just pulled that out of nowhere and said, well, I just think the, the, the feline, that is a very common belief that is out there that people think they're feline related because of all those characteristics. So you're not on an island with that. I mean, I I would say that if you picked a random hundred people and said, is a fox of the dog family or the cat family, I think it'd be pretty close. Oh yeah, sure. I always thought they were of the cats. And that's, that's why there was that, that's why that's out there. So it wasn't just, you know, you, you've grown up believing this and you know, you're like a flat earther, you know? Oh, 
No, I, I assume that there are a lot of people who believe. Yeah, it's not that I grew up believing it. I mean, I just instantaneously thought <laughs> it looks like a cat. And I'll say that the, the fox dog looks like a lovely little dog. I would, I would have that. I wouldn't dog. go anywhere near it. <laughs> I wouldn't let it into my home. That's just me. Jason Lock and Four. When we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply this is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Midnight Highway. It's from Fumo Landis Walsh, who have sent us their music before. When I first saw the name Fumo Landis Walsh, I concentrated on the Fumo, and I sort of thought it was, you know, from Spanish language. Oh, right. Fumo, which I assumed was... I smoke. Yeah, isn't that right? That's Fumo, what I thought. Fume, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Fumo. So I thought it was maybe a South American band. It turns out it's John Fumo, Tom Walsh, and Randy Landis. <laughs> so I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, who isn't surprised how stupid I am? Fumo Landis Walsh, Midnight Highway. Plays in Jason Lock and Fora. We're going to get to other things, you know. and But I just think that the... The Aaron Rodgers thing, and I know it's over. I understand yeah. that it's over, but it's it casts a giant shadow. What do you think? And and you've been funny and critical of Rodgers all last year, and even when this deal was made, and I appreciate that. What do you think happens with him during the year of rehab? Does he yeah. become an assistant coach? Is he with the team? Do you think he comes back as a player next year? Because, mm. Jason, he will be an old 40 when the yeah. season starts and 41 before it ends. Yeah, I, I think it's the end. Um, that's just my hunch. Uh, 
he, he there's a lot of things we could say about Aaron Rodgers, and and in many ways he is one of the least self-aware people on the planet. But I think he's very body aware. I think he's very self-aware when, at least privately, it comes to his sort of football mortality and how you know where he is in his career and what he has to offer and what it feels like on a Tuesday in September and what it feels like on a Friday and. December and I just this always felt like chasing ghosts to me. This always felt like fantasy football. This always felt like so many people, many of whom have not accomplished anything really uh, in their NFL uh, duties or careers. Right from from the owner to the GM to the coach, and I'm sitting there like thinking where. where where is the part of all of this that mitigates disaster? Where is the part that actually improves the team from the inside out on offense? Because without that, all this other stuff is just noise. It's it's just pablum. It's it's just hope. It's just you know, it's just crossing your fingers. Because if he's not upright, if he's not available, if 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 he's not provided um with a lot of time to operate, and he's at a he's at a point in his career where he needs. Sorry, Copper's freaking out over here. Um, where he's like he needs creature comforts, and it's not just putting the band back together with Randall Cobb and Lazard. Like I, I just looked at it all year, all off season, and I'm like, why am I the only person talking about the fact they don't have starting caliber tackles, and the guys they're going to run out there aren't around. They're not practicing. They're not even with the team. Like. They're not even available now, and, and the right tackle's never available, and I don't really know that anybody can think he's good. He was good as a rookie years ago. He's had all kinds of issues since then. And Dwayne Brown's not available now, and he's almost as old as Rodgers. And they play on a crap surface, and he's moving to a far better conference that has far better defensive players and far better quarterbacks, which means it's, it's going to be difficult to live, you know, 15, 12, 17, 14, even as good as that defense is, yet that's where they find themselves. So I, I bet against it in many ways and shapes and forms. I, I never bought it. It always felt to me like something that's cooked up in a – you know, in a in a like the commercial that's going around now in the NFL and the script for this year, like it sounded like it it would make sense in a Hollywood pitch room. It would sound good in a in a writer's room, mm-hmm. but how is it really going to play out? Oh, and go look at their schedule the first six weeks. Okay, um, and and you're giving me plus money to say the Jets aren't a playoff team. I'm going to take that all day long. You know, you're you're telling you're setting Aaron Rodgers touchdowns total at what it was as an MVP season. No, that's not happening. Um, so I, I just think, you know, we got carried away in many ways by the Tom Brady thing. And this is just one more way in which he is the ultimate unicorn, the ultimate goat. It, yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't end that way. A lot of times it ends like Johnny Unitas in San Diego. Like, that's how it normally ends, you know? At, like, that. that's... That's history. That's that's the likelihood, and the idea of these guys getting together and beating all the odds—I just didn't see it happening. Do you think that Rodgers will, during rehab, as I asked before, stay close physically to the team, act as a coach of sorts, be there? Yeah, I think he will for a while, and then if this thing falls, you know, if if they can't win, 
right. 11, 10 every week. Then I think as things, as we get deeper into the season and as we get further and further removed from this, um, if it's not going well, then I could see him, you know, removing himself from it and, you know, doing his little hits with Pat McAfee from his couch yeah. instead of uh, from outside the team facility or in some green room there or whatever. I think a lot of it will depend on how the team plays and how interesting they are. And is he getting a buzz from being around it? You know, is, or is, does he still feel more relevant because the team's good? Or, um, you know, is there really nothing for him to gain in terms of a second career, in terms of, you know, whatever, endorsements or Q value or any of that? Like, does, is this, does this quickly become something you'd rather not be tied to? So I think that will probably go a long way. You know, if Wilson and, – and look, I, I think Wilson – look, he, he better get better. I mean, the bar is set incredibly low. I think he's the first player in NFL history to have the, the worst QB rating of a starting quarterback back-to-back years. Um, I do think he'll be a little better, and I think Rodgers will bask in that and take credit for that. And There'll be a whole <laughs> lot written and said about what a great influence he is and how much he's helped turn the kid around. And, and that will probably – you know, he'll ride that wave for a while – but I don't think he's going to be very good. You know, I don't think he's going to be someone who they decide they want to build around long-term or who plays well enough that he actually gets them into the playoffs. So, you know, even that will crescendo, I figure. By week nine, halfway through, what do you think the odds are that Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback of the Jets? Well, I, I do think he's going to get a pretty good ramp here. Right. They don't have any other choice. And look, the thing that I like about him is he's at least mobile. Like he at yes. least he's like the idea that the quarterback of the New York Jets for all seventeen games in eighteen weeks was going to be a guy who can't move anymore, doesn't want to move anymore, um, doesn't really want to doesn't really want to push the ball downfield, and um, like you know where the spot you have to attack is. Like, there needs to be somebody who can move the target and launch spot around and make it more difficult for opposing teams to get there because they don't have tackles. So I I think he gives them more of a fighting chance in that regard. You know, a quarterback who can also keep the ball and run and win some third downs for you with his legs, I think that um, will help them to some degree. Uh, is he? But I just don't think he's going to develop into the, anything close to the type of of passer in terms of decision making, accuracy, ball placement that is going to be good enough. But I think he will get a ramp. He needs a ramp. They need to give him a ramp. He's at least familiar with everything going on there. And then, yeah, look, like, uh, will, will they? If they still think they're good enough defensively try something else, maybe a Kirk Cousins, you know, I don't think Minnesota's going to win a lot of games. Kirk Cousins is maybe available. Yeah. Yeah, he's he ha he's he would be a major upgrade, you know, in in a lot of hell. I like their chances with Kirk Cousins a whole hell of a lot more than I'd like it with Aaron Rodgers from the giddy up. Well, so, speak, I mean, could oh, there be a pie in the sky scenario? Right. Maybe. Maybe, but in terms of other guys who would really be better, I, I don't think those kind of people would become available, certainly not in season. Uh, you know, like if they want to bring in a Flacco or uh, Carson oh, Wentz no. or whatever to hold a clipboard, hmm. I wouldn't do it. I'd be looking at mobile guys. I'd be looking at spry guys. I'd be looking at younger guys. But, like, 
you know, would I be stunned if they did something like that? No, I, I wouldn't. You mentioned Kirk Cousins, which leads me into last night's game. Did we learn anything? Minnesota now 0-2, uh, Philadelphia now 2-0, and though not looking like world beaters by any stretch of the imagination. No. Did we learn anything from those games? Um, probably a little bit. I mean, look, I think we all knew just from the way these things happen and the way things regress that the Vikings weren't going to go 11-0 and in one-score games again this year. Yeah. But it happens. Life comes at you quick. They're now 0-2. You know, it, it is the complete departure from a year ago where they had these magic carpet rides in the fourth quarter. Um, Minnesota's not built very stout from the inside out, and, and that's going to be a problem. And even though they have some elite players at skill positions who can take over games for periods of time, I, I think because of the way the defense has been gutted and because of the lack of talent in the offensive line um, and without you know anybody special at the running back position, boy, they've, they've really... They made it tough on themselves, and like that was a night where Cousins and Jefferson were really good. In fact, yes. Minnesota in the past had taken Jefferson Slay versus Jefferson. You know, had been a win for Slay, and and they turned the tables on that completely, and and still lost fairly handily. Like you know, it's like okay, they're probably going to backdoor cover here, but they couldn't stop the Eagles from running it down their throats whenever they wanted, and so the Eagles just took the air out of the ball, and and won by fewer points than they probably should have. And Minnesota made it closer on paper than it really was. Um, and, yeah, from the Philadelphia side of things, the, the passing game is not crisp. It is not smooth right now. Um, it, it looks very hit or miss, very hunt and peck, very much dictated by what the defense does and whether there's a total breakdown or not. Um, the good news for them is they're 2-0, and and they get a long break now here to figure some things out. And... Uh, they were not healthy at all on the defensive side, but a lot of those injuries um, are skewing more short, short-term than long-term. And I think that defense is going to be an absolute beast again. And I don't think in that conference the passing game has to be that great for a while for them to continue to roll up wins, even though if they're without style points, and figure some things out along the way. Um, Jalen Carter is going to – he already is uh, a, a handful – um, and him with Jordan Davis, and they've got a core of, of Georgia Bulldogs there who know each other well, who are already a support system for each other, who lived it in real time going from high school to college and making that huge jump. Um, and I think all that stuff's going to work well in their favor. And there's times where they get five of those kids out together on defense, and they're all 23 or younger. I mean, they all play together in a national championship team. That's, that's pretty interesting um, on top of the veterans that – they have so i think they'll be fine um this is probably a good thing you know they probably needed some of this after last year when they were you know beating everybody 28 nothing at halftime this feels a little more real um and i'm interested to see what adjustments they make to the passing game because clearly they've got to recalibrate some things plug your pod plug your podcast plug your radio show for us i'll plug my podcast plug your radio show absolutely um you can listen to me yap about football and baseball and dogs yeah, uh, and why you have to tip everywhere all the time these days. <laughs> Things like that. Um, from 2 to 6 daily on Inside Access on 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. You can stream us at uh, 
TalkTheFan.com. You can listen on the Odyssey app where they break it up into neat little chapters, like a podcast if you want to consume it in that regard. Um, and, yeah, you can catch my stuff uh, throughout the NFL season in the Washington Post. Good. And if you're into the gambling stuff, then you can check me out during the week and on Sundays at uh, on CBS uh, Sports HQ, uh, where we give live betting during games and best bets throughout the week. Thank you, Jason. We'll talk next Thank week. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. Jason Lockham for our boys and girls. There's not only nobody better, there's probably nobody as good. We'll take a break. Pat Forty will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Max Million. This is a song called Responsibility. Uh, it's from Maximilian's newest project, Quadrivium, which was released this past July. I like the way this begins. Yeah, it's good. You can listen to this song at the end of the podcast in its entirety, but Nigel, tell the people how they submit their original music. You can send us your original music to jingles at com. We do ask that it be your original music. And, you know, not, not like, Paul McCartney. <laughs> not Paul McCartney. You're like, hey, I know this guy, Paul, and he's great. You should play this song called Yesterday. Yeah, well, now make it yours, and um, and we'd love to play it. So, yeah, jingles at com. It plays in Pat 40, and we will get to Dion, because you have to get to Dion. <laughs> like, every day on PTI, I just say, you can't do a show without Dion. So we're going to get to Dion. But there's a story out there that has sort of floated away, however briefly. And that is the Mel Tucker story. I, I, I've reached the point where I can't imagine him ever coaching again. I mean, certainly not Michigan State. I don't know about anywhere else as a head coach. If, in fact, the people at Michigan State believe the accuser in this, and there doesn't seem to be any reason not to, um, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, it's a mess. That's for sure. Uh, and I agree, Tony, that uh, – his Michigan State tenure appears to be all but over, and it's kind of hard to see a path back from something as humiliating and potentially, yeah, uh, troubling as this. Uh, there is, you know, there are certainly elements of he said and she said to mm-hmm. this, but it, it, it does not look good uh, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's all played out extremely publicly now, too. Oh. You know, this was something that it looked... You know, it stayed underground for months, and then all of a sudden it blew up. And when it blew up, holy moly. Yeah. Everybody's putting everybody else's furniture out on the lawn. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. There is no reason so far. When, when one of the two people, the one who stands to lose the most in terms of job, Mel Tucker, when he says, hold on a second, this was consensual, when he doesn't even deny it, and, and the other person has, it seems to me, great credibility – Right? As a rape counselor, what do you, you know, I don't know how, 
I think they want to stall for this hearing at Michigan State. And then you throw in the fact that Michigan State is the school of Larry Nassar. I just, I don't know how this ends in any way other than Mel Tucker leaving Michigan State, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I, I guess this will play out by a formality through that hearing October 5th and 6th, yeah. I believe is what is scheduled now. Yeah. But, you know, that it that does appear to simply be formality at this point. And, you know, beyond, obviously, there, there, there are other issues beyond money here. But the question is, can is this enough for Michigan State to wad up his $77 million of owed money and say, forget it, you get none of it, right. uh, and move on from there? All right. Let me shift gears. Um, what's with the SEC? They're losing <laughs> games early. What's with the SEC? The SEC kind of stinks. Mm. It's, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, one and four against ranked opponents, three and six against power conference opponents. If our man Lane Kiffin hadn't beaten number twenty-four Tulane, Tulane last week, yeah, the Ole Miss or the the SEC would be winless against ranked opponents for the first time since oh gosh, what was it, nineteen ninety-four? I believe to start the season through two weeks. So they're you know Alabama. Doesn't look like Alabama. Uh, LSU collapsed against Florida State. Texas A&M is a mess again. Default position. Florida looks bad. Uh, there, there are issues across the board. The defenses aren't as good. The quarterbacks aren't as good. And I'm not sure the coaching is as good. Do you have any thoughts on Saban specifically on, and what his future is? Um, yeah, I don't know like what, if he's got a timeline in mind or anything like that. But I started saying last year, actually – after their close win against Texas, I said, this doesn't look like Nick Saban, Alabama. There are problems here. And they kept playing out last year. They are not buttoned up. They make mistakes. Uh, they don't force turnovers. Their defense isn't as good. Their quarterback play now without Bryce Young is not as good. They don't blow people off the ball with their offensive line. And it just it looks like the whole operation has slipped. And at age 71, that can happen, but... You know, has, has it slipped so far that he wants to say, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore? I don't know. You know, he's been very, you know, to himself about whatever his timeline for the rest of his career is. But I think we have passed the point where uh, Nick Saban is, is at the top of his game. Okay. Now we got to get to Dion now because we've <laughs> yeah. done the other things, the requisite things. Now we get to Dion. Dion and Jay Norvell. Jay Norvell looking into a camera saying, uh, my mom taught me to take my hat off and my glasses off when I sat down and spoke to people. That's what an adult does. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, like I, when I first heard it, I thought, well, they must be really close friends, he and Dion. But then I saw the Dion response, and it didn't look like they were really close friends. What do you make of that? <laughs> I will say, we waited for Dion like dessert, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he is the chocolate cake here. Um, but the, uh, this, to me, is... For some unfathomable reason, it's the skinniest guy in the bar going up to the biggest, toughest dude in the bar and saying, hey, I don't like you. Right. It's just, yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. If Jay Norvell had a team behind him, maybe, but Colorado State's no good, and Colorado looks very good. And so I was stunned by that, other than there seems to be a contagious allure to a live microphone in a rah-rah setting. Like, that was his coach's show. Yeah. Uh, Brian Kelly said we're going to beat the heck out of Florida State at his coach's show. 
Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner, out came out of the Texas Tech booster function and basically said, I want you to beat Texas. Uh, I, people are just saying stuff, you know. <laughs> and Dion absolutely keeps receipts, and he told us he's keeping receipts, and now he's, he's already acknowledged this. And, yeah, look, if they get a chance to win by 40 instead of 30, yeah. they're going to do it. That, that's Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, you know. I love the fact that Dion said, why'd you have to go and make it personal? Dion makes everything personal. Dion makes it personal, right, Pat? Dion does that. He loves it when it's personal. Are you kidding? Yeah. When he found out that Colorado hated Nebraska, he was tickled. Oh, good. Let's make it personal. Yeah. That's how he motivates himself all the way through. Um, Is he? I, I guess it's too early. It's too early. Do you think he's liked? Do you think he's feared? Do you think that that people are going to sort of reevaluate and say, I'm going to shut my mouth about this guy? I think it's a great question. And my my theory is this. 90% of the profession didn't think very highly of him, figured he was an imposter. He wasn't really going to put in the work. Celebrity coach was going to get his head handed to him. And then they saw the first two games and now they're like, Oh, hmm. yeah, yeah, this is interesting. And you combine the fact that they are a well-run team with the fact that they have a lot of talent and that Dion can conceivably just pile up talent for who knows how long. Uh, I think there's now a lot of people that, are, that feel threatened. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when they lose, there's going to be a sigh of relief. There's going to be some people sack dancing yes. on them. But uh, I know this. They're, they're going to beat Colorado State, and they're going to beat them badly. And then comes games against Oregon and USC. If they somehow win both of those, oh, my gosh, Dion Mania reaches a new level. If they split them, that's still extremely good. If they lose both, okay, he's been put back in his place a little bit. But the two weeks after this week are going to be fascinating. So this is the question. I mean, I, I don't think – you can do anything on Dion without getting to this question. And I think your answer will be, we are not sure yet by what you just said, but are they actually good? I think they're good. Um, wow. I, the thing, yeah, the thing that impressed me and I, yeah, we'll know, we'll know better September 23rd and September 30th. But the things that impressed me, I was at the Nebraska game, uh, the, 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 the defensive line was, which was not good against TCU was much better. Linebackers, much better. Uh, they're not great. I mean, they're not, you know, look, they're not competing with Georgia right. and Michigan and some other teams, and maybe not even with USC and Oregon. So we'll find out. But they are good across the board at just about everything. They don't run the ball very well. Uh, and you can hit them for some big runs, but they're not just a sieve defensively. And, I mean, their offensive skill is elite. The quarterback is elite. Their receivers are elite. The running back, while he's small and young, is very, very good. Uh, so they've got players. I mean, the the upgrade in talent is dramatic just at the school. And, they're again, they're well-coached. They brought in good coordinators. They're buttoned up for the most part. They got a little full of themselves and got a couple personal fouls against Nebraska. But they don't hurt themselves when they play. I just love, in hindsight, the quote, I'm bringing in all new luggage, and it's Louie. And he wasn't kidding around, <laughs> right? He wasn't kidding around. This was not, you know, knockoff off the street fake Louie you get in Manhattan. No, this is real wow. Louie. I mean, very right. expensive Louie. Do you think, and I'll get you out of here on this, 
Do you think everyone will try and copy Dion? Do you think that they'll walk into their team room and say to their players, get out of here. I can't stand you. Get out. That, boy, uh, I'd say wait and see on that. And, you know, I have seen some prophecies of doom that, you know, people are just going to scorch earth their rosters. I will say this. If you're a bad team, yeah, that could well happen. If you're a new coach, yeah, that could well happen. If you're a coach who's already been at a place for a while, it's tougher to do. And if you're running off good players for a place that's had success, I, I, I think right. that's going to be difficult to sway. Right. Right. In terms of at least just the massive numbers that Colorado did. I mean, he came into a 1-11 team that was by far the worst power conference team in the country. So there needed to be a bit of a fumigation there. It just went to a degree we've never seen before. The thing that I would say about Dion is, like, I don't know if he can coach. I, I don't know anything like that. But I know he knows talent. This guy's one of the greatest players to ever play. He knows talent, right, Pat? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? And he's, he's not afraid to use it. I mean, to play Travis Hunter both ways, 127 snaps on average for those two games. Wow. Nobody else is doing that. But this kid can do it. And if you've got guys like that, use them. And then use it as a, as a recruiting ploy. Like, hey, you play both ways in high school – Kind of stinks when you only have to when you have to watch half a game, huh? Come over here. You can play the whole game. You're good enough. We'll take you. I think that he's going to have real benefits from just from that approach and his his entire approach to all of this. The way he promotes his players, the way he promotes the program, it is unlike anything we've seen, and I think it's going to work to his advantage. The way he promotes himself too, which he's done his whole life, and God bless him. Thank you, Pat. All right, thank you, Tony. Pat Forty, boys and girls. You can listen to Pat. Pat's got a college football uh, podcast that we like very much. So check that out. And uh, we will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. That's beautiful. Tim Wildsmith. That's just beautiful. Yeah, it is lovely. Do you want to do the Bethesda bagel ad for us? We got fresh bagels today. Always exciting about yes, that. Right uh, out of the oven. Yes, Bethesda bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you will be thrilled. That will do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say sunshine, blue skies, please go away. 
My girl has found another and gone away. Whither went my future? My life is filled with gloom. So day after day, I say locked up in my room. I know to you it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Those are the temptations. That's uh, My Girl is the number one temptation song of all time. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes. But I Wish It Would Rain is top five. Maybe yes. Top three. It's great song. It's really great. Thanks to all of our guests today, Carville, Jason Lock and Fora, Pat Forty. Thanks to our sponsors, ButcherBox, Nuts.com. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. To get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Justin Winkleman, who writes the Shana Tova from Bloomfield Hills in Michigan. There's a weather system off the coast of Africa currently called Invest 97L. Hmm. that has a 90% chance of becoming a tropical depression within the next day or so, and very likely a hurricane after that. The impending storm's name will be Nigel. (laughs) Early forecasts seem to indicate that it will not impact the United States. However, no word on Great Britain yet. Can (laughs) Nigel comment on the honor of a storm named after him? And where does this rank in terms of being bestowed a doctorate of humane letters? <laughs> you must be happy. I'm, well, I don't want it to be one that's, you know, terribly destructive. If it's right. just a big storm in the middle of the Atlantic, I'd be thrilled with that. Yeah. Uh, from Todd to Kay in Lexington, Kentucky, please inform Brandon Costello that I'm willing to take this journey, that I've asked for the date of La Chiserie Night, Fromage à Trois, to be announced as soon as possible. I will not be performing with Brandon should he wish to do so. You're welcome. And from Brandon... To clarify, I would never dream of replacing Dan Byrne at La Cheeserie, part three. <laughs> Though I am happy to play Boy Wonder to his dark night if you catch my drift. <laughs> Boom, bap, pow, and all that. From Frank Lynch in Park City, Utah, in response to Glenn Cherepovich running into a little at the Utah-Florida game, I was at the game. I had the red Utah shirt on. I can't believe you didn't say hello. And why didn't you show up in Park City for the Utah version of the Summer Littles? Better be there next year. Littles, we're like government spies living among you, even if you don't know it. He did Chuck and Roxy, t- number 148, which he says top 100. Ooh. Uh, Jacob Yarrow, not Peter Yarrow. No, yeah, not Peter Yarrow, no. Jacob Yarrow, Petaluma, California. I last wrote in response to Mike Steinle's jazz stylings that made it into the jingle rotation a few months ago. At the time, you were kind enough to also send a message to John Moransky, that message being, eat it. John and I have since made tentative plans to see Dan Byrne perform on October 7th in Novato, California. Unfortunately, I need to be in San Diego that weekend to visit my daughter at San Diego State, so I have to cancel. Can you please let John know? We'll have to perform our version of Victor Wembanyama some other time and without Dan's help. I think we've done that now. From Eric Londrigan, who writes, you know, does all the pretty cartoons from Boston. Yes. If we're lucky enough for the Syracuse Mets to have third night to honor our community next season, I strongly re- suggest we refer to it as, and yes, this is, we've read this before, Le Chiserie Night, Fromage à Trois. <laughs> think of the t-shirts we could sell. That from is Jason a great Jason Anschutz in Fargo, North Dakota, episode 245. I emailed earlier this summer about playing golf with Ed Butt and Chuck Pinter in Michigan. Not long after my email was read on the show, Ben Schneeweiss of West Fargo invited me to play his home course, Moorhead Country Club, which just across the border in Minnesota. We finally found a date to play this week, and the course and the company were terrific. Since I'm a member of zero clubs, I can't actually repay Ed, Chuck, or Ben for their amazing hospitality. The least I can do is try to get their names read on the pot. And now that this has become a pattern, I'm wondering, can I be the official golf freeloader of the Tony Kornheiser podcast? It's my honor to serve. From Chuck Kamurik, or Kamurik, don't know how many times you play the Kane Bay High School Choir mailbag theme song, but this is the third time I've been driving by said school. And bingo, <laughs> there's the song freaking me out once, cute twice, 
third time, scary, and he takes a picture of Cane Bay High School, and their nickname is the Cobras. Oh, the, Co- Cane the Bay, Cobras. Cane Bay Cobras, didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Adam from Melbourne. In Melbourne, the shape of the carry bag, which carries the chicken combined with the person who commonly purchases it, has given popularity to the phrase bachelor's handbag, <laughs> as in Jimmy is bringing home a bachelor's handbag for dinner. I had a couple of discussions yesterday with people about the chicken. Um, right. Yeah, and and people did like the giant chicken. That they was, did like, yeah. So you it was know, very popular? I'm going to try and get that. You know, there were others that were not as well liked. I don't want to mention them <laughs> to destroy their ability to sell chicken, but others were not as well liked. From Josh Cromwell, Moselle, Mississippi, I don't think I can trust the Washington Post analysis on rotisserie chicken. Well, they didn't bother to indicate whether chickens with larger holes taste better than chickens <laughs> with small point. holes. That said, I can at least vouch for the quality of the Sam's Club chickens in this area. They're very good and economical, and Sam's Club is under the Walmart corporate umbrella. The Sam in their name is Sam Walton. So I guess it at least makes logical sense that Walmart apparently has good chicken as well. Oh, it was interesting that Michael's theory on, on places like Costco and Walmart that sell cheap, it's cheap. They are the least expensive of all the chickens per pound as they want to get you in the store yeah. and keep you in the store. That makes sense. Mike Roseberry, State College, Pennsylvania. Not since the glory days of the Joe Franklin show has an audience been treated to the kind of entertainment you gifted us with with your reading of the top 10 rotisserie chicken rankings. I thought the pinnacle was the daily updates on the sunrise and sunset times, but I was sadly mistaken. Listening to this podcast is like going out to dinner with my late grandmother without the added bonus of her stashing the extra dinner rolls in her purse or asking the waiter for a discount because I wouldn't eat the side salad, including the meal. The Joe Franklin show was on Channel 9 in New York City when I was young. When I was young, Joe Franklin was already 90 years old. And it was the slowest, most ridiculous show of all time. And of course, I watched. Right. And I'm sure Remnick watched as well, because there was something fascinating about the car wreck that was Joe Franklin and how slow he went with the show and how he brought people on who were marginal entertainers. He never had any stars or anything like that. A haiku for the forgotten chickens from Shad. Foghorn, Leghorn, and the San Diego chicken. Mm -hmm. My chicken rankings. Yeah. From Brandon Borzelli. As a witness to hordes of people standing around the chicken racks at Costco, I can offer some color commentary. Most people stand directly in front with their nose resting on the heating rack, getting burned, waiting for the first pick once the batch is rolled out. Some hide behind the shrimp cocktail case, pretending to browse, but are ready to pounce like cheetah on the desert plains on a gazelle once those chickens (laughs) slide onto the heating racks. These people will push the others out of the way to dive at the bottom of the rack, assuming the best ones uh, no one is looking at. More than those two images, two stick out. The guy that has no cart takes the sizzling hot chicken in his hands and says, matter of factly, see you in 20 minutes, Eddie. Or <laughs> the guy that opened the container, leaves the lid on the rack, rips off a chicken leg, juice dripping down his arm, the size of a two turkey legs, and starts chewing on the thing like a caveman that's found a fresh kill in his neighbor's kid. Uh, from Doug Steinhurst in Roslyn, New York. Oh, now Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's dry here, he says. He's mm. serious? I actually thought, that I just have a stroke? Or has Tony been talking about chicken for eight minutes straight? <laughs> this is the most ridiculous opening I've ever heard. I'm not saying I'm not interested. I just wasn't prepared. From Ian Stark, I live on the west side of the big island of Hawaii. Been here almost 50 years now. Retired paramedic. Enough BS. In the small town of Kealakuka of Little Grass Shack fame, there was a business specializing in rotisserie chicken and pork ribs. Cooked over hardwood coals under an awning on the side of the road. Been in business for decades. Cannot be beat. 
There can be a traffic problem at times by their establishment. It is so popular. So much better than chicken spinning in a metal box. Prices are relatively high like everything else in Hawaii. Stay safe. From Joe Pearson in Indianapolis. Really enjoyed the chicken rankings open on Wednesday. <laughs> I too read the column, was reminded of when they ranked jarred marinara sauces a few months back. Mm. Just as entertaining and especially rewarding to me as they picked my own favorite sauces, number one, Rayo's. Can't vouch for their jarred soups, but Rayo's spaghetti sauces are fantastic. They are. We have them here. They're good? If you, oh, very good. If you like spicy, go for the Arabiata, Chef's Kiss. P.S. Even as an old guy, I thought Dog Leg Left was delightful. Uh, Craig Stevenson. It's a shame you've never been in a Costco because I believe there is one aspect of their business model you would find particularly appealing. You can walk into any Costco in America and get a foot-long all-beef hot dog on a bun with a soda for $1.50. That price has remained unchanged since 1984, the year after Costco was founded. In 2009, Costco founder and CEO Jim Sinegal told the Seattle Times that if a price of a Costco hot dog were ever raised, quote, it will mean one thing, that I'm dead. <laughs> in 2018, new Costco CEO Craig Jelinek reportedly pleaded with Senegal, who had remained on as chairman of the board, to raise the price of hot dogs, saying, Jim, we can't sell this hot dog for buck fifty. We're losing our rear ends. Senegal replied, if you raise the effing hot dog, I will kill you. Figure it out. <laughs> in 2022, Costco CFO Richard Galanti, Told reporters the hot dog and soda combo would remain $1.50 forever. Three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, Costco hot dogs. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to stand with my hand over my heart and sing the Star Spangled Banner at the top of my lungs. <laughs> Craig Stevenson, Mobile, Alabama. One more. Jim Lipson from Hewlett, from Lindbrook, and from Tucson. Amidst all the fond farewells for Jimmy Buffett, I'm rather surprised no one, including Garcia, surprisingly, has mentioned that he's got a New York Times best-selling novel to his credit, where is Joe Merchant? A novel tale was published in 1992. It's an absolute romp described by one reviewer, quote, it's about seaplanes, a pretty girl, a vanished rock star, the curse of jet skis, a magic scepter, disruptors of paradise and conch burgers. Neither an autobiography or a bunch of ramblings or stories pieced together from previously published song lyrics. This is a real book. No guest writers. Pretty great. Of course, as a published author yourself, I don't have to tell you how hard it is to write a full length book. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes, because all I basically <laughs> released were old columns. Thank you to Jim Lipson. If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. I'm obsessed with this fruit, can't I pay? It's so good. But I still need a bit of milk, full fat, which I've warmed in the microwave.
just can't see The world of worries hanging over me In time I guess I'll understand The world I see is somehow my responsibility Somehow my responsibility